the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Well, Mr. President... President Reagan, that would be. Peace may indeed be the goal of all of the American people, but that is not the goal of the Democrat, Democratic people. That is not the goal of the Democrats. Power is the ultimate goal of the Democrat in the United States of America. Not peace, not prosperity, not health. Power. Nothing but pure, naked, big government power. Thank you so much for joining us as we get started at 8 minutes after the hour of 9 o'clock. I didn't plan to start the show that way. I just listened to the great communicator, uh, President Reagan, each and every day at the top of each and every hour. I get inspired. And then so many things are, are prescient because they, they tie into what we are doing today and what we are dealing with today. And when I just heard that again, uh, toward the end of that uh, part of the president's speech, President Reagan's uh, wonderful, glorious speech, uh, it just reminded me of that. Uh, peace may indeed be the goal of the American people. We will never sacrifice for or we will sacrifice for it, but we will never surrender for it. But it's not peace that Democrats seek. It is power. All right, it is a Tuesday, the 24th morning of the third month of the year of our Lord, 2020. As I say, I did not intend to start it that way. It just kind of hit me, and I wanted to share that with you. And why did I want to share that with you? Well, let me explain that after I tell you about our guest today. Coming up in a half an hour, we're going to talk to John Hayward. John Hayward is the uh, National Security Director, uh, a deputy, deputy Editor, I should say, National Security Deputy Editor at Breitbart. John Hayward has put forth an idea that I think whose, whose time has really come, and in fact it's long overdue. His, uh, his article at Breitbart is, It's Time to Quarantine the Chinese Communist Party, because that is exactly uh, who is responsible for the economic calamity and the chaos 
that the world is dealing with right now, and of course, of course, the health emergency that the world is dealing with right now, and in particular here in the United States. It is time to quarantine the Chinese Communist Party. And what that means is, in a bigger picture, it is time for the people of China, if they don't wish to become a nation of outcasts, lepers, and pariahs on the world stage, it is time for them to rise up, to have their own revolution, and overthrow the communists in power. That time is right now. And John Hayward will explain that coming up at 935. I could not agree more. This is such an extraordinary moment in history. Uh, If ever there was a time for, by the way, the rest of the world to side with, join, and support. I'm not saying put boots on the ground in China, but if they're to support the Chinese people in their own revolution against their communist masters, now is the time. The rest of the world will support. The rest of the world will help and assist in whatever way they can, non-militarily. Because it is time for that to happen. The Wuhan China, uh, Chinese-born uh, coronavirus being unleashed upon the rest of the world with the full knowledge and consent of the Chinese government, which did everything that could to cover it up and hide it rather than to stop it and warn everybody. They, they uh, have outlived their usefulness, the Chinese government, as if any communist is ever useful, so I should probably retract that. But, uh, you know, they clearly, their time has come. And what they have done with this virus, as I said, is going to have decades, perhaps, of impact on the United States of America, which is probably their their biggest goal, and on uh, the rest of the world as well. So we're going to talk to uh, John Hayward coming up at 935 at 10.05. Yes, it's Tuesday, and yes, that means it's Kersenow Day. Peter Kersenow will join us to talk about a host of things, including all of the topics that we have on the table today. We're going to talk about the Democrat pork bill. We're going to talk about China's responsibility. We're going to talk about, by the way, the U.S. Commission on Civil Rights, Peter's organization, uh, has issued a statement in response to those who condemn and criticize the president and everyone else for pointing out the reality of the situation, and that is China's uh, complicity and China's, quite frankly, um, singular responsibility for what we are all facing right now. And anybody who says we cannot call that out for the purposes of national unity uh, needs to be needs to be responded to and the commission has done that uh, the stay at home orders here in the in the state of Ohio as well as uh, several other states as well and the president hinting at ending uh, some of these really super strict stay at home stay at home orders um, after the 15 day period that they have been calling you know the most important period to quote unquote flatten the curve so we're going to talk to John Hayward and we're going to talk to Peter Kersenow. What we need to do to start, however, is we need to talk about the um, the hatred. I, I, I look for another word. The hatred that Nancy Pelosi, that Chuck Schumer, that James Clyburn, that um, congressional Democrats have for this country. The hatred that they have for you. The unbelievably... Uh, there's, there's, this is just so beyond the pale what they're doing right now in trying to stop you from getting the relief that you need from the economic chaos created by this uh, this um, virus, all in the name of reshaping the country in their socialist um, dreamland. And they do. They dream about this. You know, it's funny. Bernie Sanders 
has been cast aside, the actual socialist um, candidate for the Democratic nomination, he's been cast aside in favor of Joe Biden. We all know this. But if you think that his ideas have been booted from the Democrat Party, if you think they have been cast aside, then you didn't read any of the bill that was introduced yesterday by Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi. It is a socialist's dream. And most of it has nothing to do with providing economic relief to businesses, individuals, and employees that have suffered economically and through their own personal budgets from the closing of businesses and essentially the uh, national shutdown caused by the Chinese coronavirus. Most of this thing, this 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 fourteen hundred page socialist dream obviously wasn't written last night. Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi wanted you to believe that the bill that was written by the Senate Republicans and negotiated, by the way, with uh, uh, Senate Democrats, that they killed. They they wanted you to say, "Oh no, we just read that bill, and you know it doesn't look good enough for us. It's uh, you know the, it's it's too corporate leaning ra- rather than individual leaning and worker leaning. So we're going to have to come up with our own." They want you to think that they went back into their little hut and they they ta- they got out their little typewriter and they tapped out fourteen hundred pages of what they think is better. This was pre written. Because it's been written in so many other bills where they try to attach riders to bills to try to get their little socialist plans snuck through and foisted upon the American people. They went back and copied and pasted all of their little dreams and they put it in a big giant 1400 page bill, which by the way is three times the length of the actual bill that the Republicans put forward to get immediate relief into the hands of workers and small business owners that they need so desperately right now. Those checks could be being cut right now and sent to the American people by next week if they had voted for this uh, uh, for the bill as, as written, which, again, was not Republican uh, only. It was negotiated with Senate Democrats. And if leadership would have said, hey, we support this, Senate Democrats would have joined with Senate Republicans, and then House Democrats would have joined with House Republicans, and we'd have a bipartisan, unified, national coronavirus relief bill. But instead of voting on that, they go back to their little little corners and they say, let's cut and paste all of the socialist things that we want, that the American people want nothing to do with, and let's put them in there along with quote-unquote relief. And then if the Democrat or if the Republicans won't vote for it, then we blame this all on them. It is just the worst kind of politicking. And last night, when this thing came forward and Republicans read through it and started releasing some of the facts to the media, it all became clear, and this should be clear, to virtually everybody in America, whether you're a D or an R or an I or a U, which is independent or undecided. It doesn't matter. Under the heading of union giveaways in the Democrats' pork-laden bill, this bill, which is supposed to be for economic relief from the uh, Wuhan virus um, calamity, it requires a labor union representative at every air on every airline's board of directors. Um, multi-employer pension bailout, lacking needed reforms. Permanently raising the minimum wage to $15 for any business that signs up for federal aid that they would relieve, uh, receive from this bill. So in other words, a bill that is intended to save small businesses 
would require those small businesses to pay a minimum wage that would indeed end their businesses. And if you don't believe me, look all across this country at cities that have required $15 minimum wages as they've passed ordinances, and look at all of the businesses that have gone under. As prices rose, layoffs increased. I mean, think about it. This is what they're trying to close small businesses in a bill that is supposed to be rescuing small businesses. Uh, It cancels all debt owed by the U.S. Postal Service to the Treasury. This bill by Nancy Pelosi and the Demon Rats, under the heading of the Green New Deal priorities, would require all airlines that receive assistance under this bill to offset carbon emissions for domestic flights by 2025. What the hell do carbon emissions have to do with the coronavirus? And and providing relief for the American workers and for American corporations that employ all of these American workers. Yes, including the airlines. And including all of the ancillary businesses that rely upon air travel. Including all of the hotels, all of the tourist industry in this country. This bill required, or excuse me, included a $1 billion cash for clunkers airline program where the Transportation Department buys fuel-inefficient planes from airlines in exchange for agreeing to buy new ones. Again, where the, what does that have to do with actually providing relief for the airlines who are losing billions, plural, by the week because of uh, their, uh, the shutdown of this country? It includes expansive new tax credits for people or for companies um, converting to solar and wind and wind energy, which is insanity. Because again, our fossil fuel industry industry has never been stronger. We're a net exporter of energy in this country for the first time in our history. This bill gave, gives student loan forgiveness. $10,000 blanket loan forgiveness to everybody who has student loans. What does that have to do? with providing relief. Now, do we want to give students, like we are giving taxpayers, a break as far as when their next payments are due? Sure. Just like taxpayers. We don't have to pay by April 15th now. We got a three, the, the, the proposal for the, for the federal government is, is a three-month um, extension in terms of paying your taxes. Yes, give them two or three months so they don't have to uh, spend their spend their money right now on their student loans. But to just forgive them, this is, again, a Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren socialist dream. What does changing the way we vote have to do with the Chinese coronavirus and economic relief? Nothing. But yet this bill mandates how states run their elections, including nationalization of ballot harvesting, requiring early voting, same-day registration, which means there's no checking to make sure people are who they say they are, and no excuse, vote by mail. In other words, forget about going to the polls ever. Vote by mail, because that can't become corrupted. We don't have to worry at all about millions and millions of people who would, and I don't want to just blanket it, but I mean, let's be honest as far as, far as who has always uh, done their level best to try to cheat on Election Day, registering dead voters, trying to stop secretaries of state from cleaning up their voter rolls so that those dead voter votes can continue to be cast, misplacing ballots, etc. We all know who does this. But yeah, let's add another level 
of election fraud by allowing anybody to grab anybody else's ballot by mail that they may live with or otherwise and fill it out and send it in. What's that have to do with Corona? See, here's the thing. And I know i got to take a break because it's 922. But here's the thing. I could sit here and go through this entire list. And each and every one of them should be killed on their merits, just based upon what the language of those particular sections of the bill are. Because they're just horrible ideas anyway, right? But the worst part is, forget about the merits of each individual item. The fact that they are being thrown into, in 1,400 pages, what should be a very simple, let's give economic relief to American citizens and American small business owners who employ those citizens, throwing them into that is just the worst kind of demonic, demon rat politics. And it cannot be allowed to stand. All right, so much more to get into today. We'll take a quick time out. Come right back on AM 1420 The Answer. I just want you to listen to a little bit um, of the responses yesterday from the Republicans as the Democrats continue to shut down relief for the American people. By the way, somebody sent me a note yesterday that I thought was really, really good. Just a just kind of you know observation. If denying relief to the Ukrainian people was an impeachable offense against the president, because that's what they said. They said that the president held up money to go to the Ukrainian people that would help them militarily. And we should, we should impeach the president over that. If denying relief to the Ukrainian people is an impeachable offense, my friend said, then what is denying relief to the American people? Because that's what the Democrats are doing. They're denying relief to the American people. How about impeaching every one of their demonic butts? That's a great question. Here's Lindsey Graham. You see this as an opportunity to do things you couldn't do otherwise. Republicans see this as an opportunity to do things that have to be done now to save lives. I have never been more disgusted since Kavanaugh. Agreed, by the way. I need to interrupt uh, Lindsey Graham here, the senator from South Carolina. I agree. The last time the demon rats behaved this reprehensibly was in the character assassination of Brett Kavanaugh when he was being confirmed for uh, the Supreme Court. You tried to destroy a good man's life just to keep the seat open. And close friends of mine in the House have publicly said this is an opportunity to reshape the country and our image. It's not going to happen. We didn't let you destroy Brett Kavanaugh's life to keep the seat open. And we're not going to let you turn the country upside down to shape it in your image. We will work with you in a very generous fashion to help people who've lost their jobs, help doctors and nurses who've run out of supplies. Shame on you. Shame on you indeed. And if you don't know what he meant by uh, a good friend of mine in the House has said, or good friends of mine have said, it's an opportunity to reshape the country. He's speaking, of course, of James Clyburn, 
Now, James Clyburn is widely credited with saving Joe Biden's political career and the Democrats' hope of winning the White House by helping him win South Carolina when he was on the ropes. Clyburn is now going to be credited with helping to destroy American lives. Because James Clyburn, in a conference call last week reported by The Hill, which is not exactly a right-wing publication at all, as reported by The Hill on a conference call with some 200 Democrats, James Clyburn said that any relief bill that we agree to should be written in our vision. Quote, this is a tremendous opportunity to restructure things to fit our vision. In other words, we're not interested in providing economic relief to the American people. What we are interested in is remaking this country in the vision that we have for it. The big government, top-down, socialist utopia that we all support and love. This is what we believe in. And now that the American people are dying and suffering and struggling with millions of them about to file for unemployment, with billions of dollars in American revenues lost, this is the perfect time. We've got them over a barrel. What are they going to do? They'll have to vote for it. They'll have to vote for all all of these elements of the Green New Deal. They'll have to vote for all of these elements of of, uh, big union uh, protections. They'll have to vote for everything we've wanted. We'll tie it to the relief, the economic relief from the coronavirus. What are they going to do? Vote no? What are the American people going to do? Say no to the checks in their pockets? Yeah, we'll give them their checks, but we'll give them their checks with all of our socialist dreams attached to it. That's what Clyburn essentially announced, and that's what Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer and the leadership are delivering. Gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, I apologize. Ladies and gentlemen, we are at war. President has said that. Doctors have said that. We are at war. The enemy identified by the president and the physicians is the Chinese coronavirus. I would submit to you that we are at war with the modern American Democrat. They're trying to harm this country in order to help themselves. We cannot lose this war. Back after the news. Nine four seven eight. Nine thirty six. We continue now on AM fourteen twenty. The answer. I uh, I do not think it was hyperbolic. My last statement. The president says we are at war with an invisible enemy. I think the enemy is very visible because it's much, much more than the Chinese coronavirus. The enemy is the American Democrat, which continues to hold the people of this country hostage. They need relief. They need it now, and they're not getting it because the Democrats are playing socialist dreamland. And that's uh, they need to be called out for that. We are at war with a very, very visible enemy. Now, another enemy that we are at war with, and this one is, of course, uh, we hope will never, ever become military, uh, but... Um, we, we, we have to be at war with China. We have to be at war, and the president kind of declared a trade war on them when he first instituted tariffs, something he has been talking about since many, many years ago. In fact, last couple of decades, he has talked about running for president. He talked about the trade imbalance, how we are being taken advantage of by nations like China, and he said he was going to stop that. And as he has taken steps to do that in three years, well, the Chinese may have found their way to get even. 
Uh, and uh, for a lot of people, that means they released this virus from their facilities in Wuhan intentionally. Now, whether it was intentional or not, what is intentional is the fact that they withheld the truth from the American and from the international press. They withheld the truth from leadership so that the uh, virus was not contained. I want to read a couple of words before I bring on my guest. The early days of the Wuhan outbreak provide a deadly and unforgettable lesson that the communists cannot be trusted to do anything except protect their own political and financial interests. China kept international officials from visiting the hot zone, politically corrupted the World Health Organization, which was advising against travel bans just as the Wuhan virus was exploding into a global pandemic and wouldn't even admit it was a pandemic until about a week ago. Now, this article was written one week ago, so two weeks now. When it became impossible to deny the truth, China is far too opaque, far too dismissive of basic human rights to be welcomed into reputable international organizations as a full member. The CCP corrupts every organization it joins, and it should be expelled from all of them or relegated to observer status only. These are the words of John Hayward, who does join us now. John Hayward is the National Security Deputy Editor for Breitbart at Breitbart.com. John, thank you very much for coming on this morning. How are you, sir? I'm doing great. Thank you very much for having me. I'll tell you what, um, what you wrote uh, is, uh, is, is very important um, because the acceptance of China and their, the, China, the, the Communist Party leaders uh, of China into the world organization, into all of these world organizations, if that is to be continued, um, is, is to deny the basic simple facts that this all could have been avoided or at least mu- minimized to a very, very, very great extent if the Chinese government had been honest with the world. John, do you think there is any appetite for your suggestion here, which is expelling them from all of the international organizations that they're a member of? Well, there's definitely some appetite for it. Of course, we're all very busy with dealing with the virus right now, and our government's attention is on that crisis. But I know there are people in the Trump administration who agree with this, who think this way, and who have made statements to this effect. Of course, you mentioned the president himself, notably, has long been critical of China and warning about the danger that they posed. And as I wrote in my article, I think this incident really illuminates the severity and and scope and scale of that danger. The Chinese Communist Party really does corrupt everything it becomes a member of. It uses every bit of leverage at its disposal. There's a term that was coined some years ago called sharp power to describe what China does to get its way. And basically, it means they'll get leverage over you. They'll let you into their market. You start doing business. You have a billion dollars in sales in China. And then one day they decide you're violating their speech codes. So they call you up as a corporation, an American corporation, and they say, you'd better change your website. You'd better take that T-shirt off the market. You'd better stop saying what we don't like or you might suddenly find it very difficult to do business in the Chinese market or obtain materials and supplies that China is providing. They're very thuggish about using this to their political advantage. And everything that happens in China, every so-called private industry, is absolutely controlled and dominated by the Communist Party. There is no Chinese free enterprise. There are no Chinese businessmen. All of it is Chinese Communist Party. All those businessmen are members of the party. And even if they're not formal members of it, they all know very well that 
that the party will make them disappear if they don't toe the line. So we need to get over the illusion that we're dealing with anything remotely resembling a free and responsible nation and understand that we're dealing with a murderous communist tyranny that thinks nothing of human lives, their own or anyone else's. They killed an incalculable number of people with their secrecy in Wuhan. First Chinese people, of course, as it spread across Mm -hmm. China, and now people around the world. And they need to be held to account for that resolutely. They're waging a huge propaganda battle to make us all forget this and make us forget where the virus come from and forget what they did. They're actually trying to claim their heroes for slowing the virus down and giving us all time to prepare. And then they're criticizing the United States for not using that time wisely to prepare for the arrival of the virus. This is monstrous evil, and it has to be fought with every bit of the resolution we showed against the Soviet Union or Nazi Germany or Imperial Japan. John, uh, first of all, to the point about propaganda, you're right. They're winning that propaganda war. They are getting people around the world to believe that because they have willing uh, assistance and allies in the American press. The American press essentially are siding, siding with the Chinese because they'd rather do that than side with Donald Trump. Uh, that That's number one, and we'll talk more about that in a moment. But back to my original question when I said, is there an appetite for this? And, and you, you cited Donald Trump as an example. Of course, Donald Trump. And, of course, you and me and anybody in the United States who's reasonable, but it's going to take more than just the United States to evict them from these, uh, you know, these organizations uh, uh, that they are a part of around the world. Is there an appetite in the rest of the world? Have they su- uh, sufficiently ticked off enough other countries who are dealing with their own economic calamity and deaths uh, from this virus uh, to to maybe kind of galvanize a movement, an inter- international movement against them? Well, if you'll pardon the phrase, I think we need to take their temperature after they emerge from the coronavirus crisis, and we see what changes this has really wrought in governments around the world. I I think Europe is quite upset with China at the moment. You know, it's not a secret there, and they they have some idea of what happened here. Will they join us in taking necessary steps to restrain the Chinese Communist Party and isolate it is a big question, because there's a lot of money on the line. And the really disappointing example, I guess you you would use in parallel, is Iran. Everybody in Europe knows how evil Iran is and knows how much terrorism and death that they sponsor, but they still got very addicted to Iranian money after the nuclear deal was imposed, and they're very reluctant to give it up, even in the face of blatant Iranian provocations and lies and terrorist attacks and everything else. So that doesn't really speak well of how willing they they would be to do without the even greater amount of money that they get from doing business in China. So we need to lead on this. I mean, we have to hit this hard every single day as we emerge from the immediate crisis, and we have time to address these issues. I believe, and I, I wrote in my article, and I'll stand by this, the first step has to be expelling China from the World Health Organization or dissolving it. The World Health Organization might be irredeemable at this point. The Taiwanese will tell you the World Health Organization was an obstacle. It helped them that they weren't a member of it. It was outrageous that they're not a member of it, and it still is. But they did better because they weren't listening to who. They took care of business on their own. That's a big problem. It's the World Health Organization, and it was clearly subverted by Chinese political agendas. So that organization needs to be recycled and the director general needs to go like yesterday. I think he should have been escorted out of the building by armed security by now, maybe even put under arrest, but he definitely needs to go. And only if that organization is completely cleaned out of Chinese influence, top to bottom, should we remain a member of it. If that is not done, we should withdraw and we should encourage every other civilized nation to withdraw. And that would begin the process of containing China in many other ways. I think who is a great place to start given the nature of the crisis. 
That's an uphill climb, though, isn't it, John? Uh, John Hayward is my guest, uh, Breitbart's national security deputy editor. Um, that's an uphill uh, battle because, you know, uh, Americans, Republican and Democrat, want to say, oh, well, the World Health Organization, that's not bitten by, uh, you know, or divided by partisanship here in the United States, divided by, B-Y, partisanship, um, here in the United States. Uh, they have the best interest of everybody around the world. They're nonpartisan. They're non-favorite. Uh, they, don't, they don't practice favoritism, et cetera. The American people trust the World Health organization they're the ones they're always citing as to how we should handle this right but that's the thing you can't trust them they just proved it they were wrong about this they lied about this they helped china conceal the virus they helped china pretend it could not be transmitted between humans when everybody knew that it could at that point they militated against travel bans they joined the chinese in opposing travel bans which was a major agenda item of the chinese communist party travel bans were the thing they hated the most because that interfered with their economic agenda their belt and road project which is a global infrastructure project they've been working on for a decade now they they couldn't abide blocking travel out of China. They needed to, to, that to keep going. So that's what they leaned on the World Health Organization to help them stop. And it did. It recommended against travel bans, which are the only thing that saved thousands of lives in the early stage of this virus. So, no, I hate to say it, but you can't trust the World Health Organization, especially when it has anything to do with China or anybody else who learns from China's example and tries the same political games. Once it's reformed, we might be able to trust it. But even now, we can't. Even today, the World Health organization is uncritically repeating ridiculous Chinese claims that they have zero cases of the coronavirus in Wuhan and Hubei. That's not true, folks, but the World Health Organization is repeating it as though it were. That's a big problem, and it would be better not to be a part of it than to depend on false data coming from it. So you write in your piece from a week ago, now is the perfect time to begin economic disengagement from China, leaving the CCP with a lot of bills it cannot pay and debts it cannot collect. Um, is it the perfect time with respect to the, the fact that we have become addicted, not just us, but other countries around the world have become addicted to cheap Chinese labor and cheap Chinese manufacturing. I feel, you know, you said a few minutes ago, we'll have to take the temperature after all of this has passed, after the coronavirus is contained, yada, yada, and then we'll see what the rest of the world thinks. I feel like time always healing all wounds the way that it does. If a few months go by and we don't have any more problems from the coronavirus and they find out companies, uh, you know, in the United States and abroad find out how much they can make, uh, you know, what their profit margin is going to be if they open uh, open up uh, their um, manufacturing to the Chinese market again, uh, or the Chinese manufacturing side anyway, they're going to go right back to where they were before because profits kind of rule everything. Oh, that's a real danger, definitely. We have to stay on top of it. And you were right when you said that the Chinese will have advocates here in the United States, willing and unwilling. Some of its mouthpieces know what they're doing and they're on the Chinese payroll, but others will just be manipulated easily. Look at how easy it was for the Chinese to get almost the entire U.S. media to start chirping like parrots, that calling it the Chinese virus or the Wuhan virus is racist. That's mm -hmm. ridiculous. Ridiculous. But the Chinese Communist Party knew that American media would fall for that narrative. They love calling people racist. They love calling Trump a racist. It was child's play to get them all to start regurgitating Chinese propaganda in the United States. They'll do that again if we do something like try to get out of the World Health Organization or if we take a strong stance against using Chinese labor. But that's why it's necessary to keep repeating it every day. We between us, we the people, you and me, all of us, we have to repeat these truths to each other because we can't rely on a lot of our big institutions and political parties to do it, and then we have to demand action. If you don't like cheap Chinese labor, how about Chinese slave labor? Because that's happening. 
They're using people like the Uyghur Muslims as forced labor in order to provide this cheap labor you keep hearing about. How can anyone do that? How can anyone deal with that in good conscience? Would you deal with Nazi Germany if they were getting you cheap labor out of their camps? This is no different, really. I mean, there's fewer people dead, I guess. They're, they're not quite going for genocide. They're going for massive cultural deprogramming. But still, the principle of forced and slave labor is the same. We cannot, in conscience, continue to be involved with the Chinese government. And that's the angle we should hit this story from. It's a moral issue, transcendent moral issue. Yeah, well, I think it's a multifaceted issue. That is one of them, morality. But obviously, there are economic considerations and there are health or health considerations. And I want to ask you this as the last question, because we're just about out of time. But, um, you know, all of these external pressures you're talking about that can be put on by the United States and, and Europe and other countries who are who are going to be just livid because of what uh, they did with respect to this, there has to be internal uh, pressure as well. And we all know that any time, you know, look at Hong Kong from this past summer, for crying out loud, any time the Chinese people, People want to rise up against this communist uh, uh, authoritarian regime, they're killed. Uh, I mean, literally, they're just killed. The, 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 the human rights violations are, of course, myriad from, uh, from this government. Do you think there is any chance of an internal revolution against? Because you write that, in fact, in your first paragraph, uh, that now is the time for the um, Chinese people to rise up and overthrow this communist government. Can they do that from the inside? would not be easy, but it is important for them to do it, and we need to help them as much as we can. That's why I said this is a great time to begin isolating them, because they've made huge investments in things like Belt and Road, and the tariffs we've had on them for the last couple of years have already brought their economy to the tottering edge. This is a great time to hit them hard while they're overextended and overexpensed, and begin bringing the regime down, begin dissolving the tools that it uses to control the populace. The Chinese people, a lot of them, are very angry at the way their government handled the coronavirus, but some of them feel the sense of despair. They feel isolated and alone. Maybe you hate the Chinese government as a Chinese citizen, but you think all your neighbors might be informants, so you're scared of them all. You're scared to speak up and organize, and the government ruthlessly suppresses anything you try to do online. You have to really make an effort to connect with other people in China and say, look, a lot of people are angry about this. A lot of people want the Communist Party to go. Only then can you have a revolution. And what we can do on our side is keep speaking up loud and clear and letting those people in China know they're not isolated and alone, that we're here for them, that we agree with them, and also degrade the financial power the Chinese government has to oppress them. Stripping these totalitarian governments of resources is important. It's why it was a huge mistake to pump money into Iran with the nuclear deal. It's a huge mistake to pump money into China by letting them into trade deals beginning in the 1990s. We should reverse all of that and begin ratcheting up the pressure against China to weaken the regime. Okay, now this is really the last thing, John Hayward. Uh, I lied before. Um, you, you spoke in the piece, or you wrote in the piece, about the massive uh, Chinese military buildup, and it is. Uh, their stockpile and their, their military is obviously very formidable. Any concern, should we be concerned that if we do this quarantining of the Chinese uh, markets, if we, if we contain them, as you say, and we stop trading with them, we stop, uh, you know, we expel them from the world organizations, United Nations and otherwise, any concern that their reaction to that, those economic sanctions and that social distancing from China, that they uh, lash out militarily? Yes, that would definitely be a concern, and it's a concern even if we don't do that. It's a concern right now. I certainly hope a lot of people at the Pentagon are staying up late at night wondering about what China will do now that we're down from this coronavirus, our economy is stalled out. If we have to keep the economy on hold for another couple of weeks, it's going to do tremendous amount of damage to our system. If we keep it down for longer, for months, who knows what that would do, and that's going to weaken us, and this would be the moment for China to make a move somewhere overseas. So I'd be watching very carefully in this South China.
China Sea, where they've threatened to attack our ships. Just recently, they threatened to launch attacks on Navy ships. Of course, Taiwan constantly under threat from China. This is the time to watch them like a hawk and make sure they don't take advantage of this. Moving forward, you could use some diplomatic pressure to restrain their military ambitions because they know that there are rules to this game and there are things that it's hard for them to do. If they launch a blatant belligerent attack and start a shooting war in the Pacific, that would cost them a lot of political influence that they need. It would definitely turn Europe against them decisively overnight, you know, and that they can't afford that. So there are ways to keep them restrained, as we did with the Soviet Union for all those years, before we bring them down. I just hope it doesn't take 50 or 60 years to do it. Yeah, yeah no question about that. Uh, John Hayward, terrific stuff. Great piece for Breitbart. Breitbart National Security Deputy Editor John Hayward. John, thank you so much for uh, the fantastic analysis, and hopefully we can chat again. That would be great. Thank you very much for having Thank me. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. All right, 9.53. We're late getting out, so let's get out so we can come back in on AM 1420 The Answer. It was one party, the Democratic Party, saying to this chamber and the American people, hell no. We won't even take this up and discuss it. At a time of crisis, at a time when people are dying, that's wrong. That's shameful. When we awaken this morning, following the Democrats' obstruction, worldwide, there were 372,563 reported cases of the coronavirus. In the hours since then, just today, there have been an additional 23,352 cases reported today. While the Democrats are blocking the bill, 23,000 new cases today. In the United States, when we started this morning, there were 35,224 cases this morning. Right now, as of the latest numbers, there are 41,708 cases in the United States today. That means we've had an additional 6,484 cases today while the Democrats are blockading. And by the way, where are the Democrats? C-SPAN doesn't show this whole chamber often, but it'd be nice if they did, because that entire side of the chamber is empty. They're not showing up for work. They're not doing their job. And the reason why is they don't want to do their job, Senator Cruz. The reason why is they only want to advance their socialist goals. Barack Obama once said that he wanted to fundamentally transform this country. Transform it away from its roots of capitalism and free market and free enterprise, away from its limited small government principles, and into a large, big daddy government model in which every American surrenders all to big daddy and then asks for allowances in return. That's what they wanted. They didn't do it. They didn't finish it. They're going to try to finish it with Joe Biden taking over. And in the meantime, if they can make the American people suffer a little bit longer, make the markets crash just a little bit lower, while they dither and try to put forth all of their little socialist dreams into one massive quote-unquote relief bill, then that's what they'll do. 
unfortunately for the demons, unfortunately for the demon rat party, the American people are not having any of it. Because as reported by The Hill, a majority of Americans, a strong majority of Americans, side with President Trump. 61% of voters say President Trump is indeed taking strong enough measures to slow or stop the coronavirus spread. 61% say the President Trump, that President Trump is doing it right. Only 39% disagreed. This country is rallying around their president, as they should. And I hope as they rally around the president, the demon rats look on from the outside realizing what a fatal, fatal mistake they have made. Back with Kirsten. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.